A coach's primary function should not be to make better players, but to make better people. John Wooden A few years ago, I was in Chantilly, Virginia, sitting behind a table signing sports memorabilia. Autographing sessions are tricky, because whenever I look up, I see hundreds of people who have been standing patiently for an hour or more for just ten seconds of time with me. Some want to tell long stories about how watching me play was a bonding experience with their father, or that they were at the Boston game in 1971 where I scored 50 points. Some just want to quote Airplane. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. I always laugh because they get such a kick out of it. I try to engage as much as possible and still keep the line moving. I'd see an elderly man at the back of the line wearing an ancient UCLA jersey, worry about how long he'd hold up and start signing faster. I had been signing for about a half hour when a man in a Lakers cap laid down a composite photograph in front of me. You seen this, he asked. I picked it up and studied it. It only took a second before I felt my heart cinch a little. This composite consisted of two photographs, side by side, of me with John Wooden, my former coach at UCLA who had died two years earlier. I had seen both photographs, but I had never seen them put together in this way. I was so startled that I forgot about keeping the line moving or the old man in the UCLA jersey. The photo on the left was a posed black-and-white picture taken at center court in the then-brand-new Pauley Pavilion in 1966. Coach Wooden is robust and ruddy-cheeked, dressed in a dark suit and tie, looking like the traveling preacher he might well have become in another life. I'm wearing a practice uniform and staring at him devotedly as he pretends to demonstrate some move to me. I knew the photo had been taken in 1966 during my sophomore season because of my stylish two-inch afro that dipped low over my forehead. I couldn't have even guessed the decade from Coach Wooden's styling. As always, his gray hair was neatly parted on the left side in a line so straight he might have used a ruler with the comb. It obviously was a posed media photo because as formal as he was, he never wore a tie to practice. Practice was for working hard, and wearing a tie was for game time or sitting behind a desk. The candid color photo on the right was also taken at Pauley Pavilion, although by this time the court had been named after Coach and his wife Nellie. It was shot after a game in 2007, 40 years after the first one. In this photo, the two of us are walking off the court hand in hand. He's wearing another dark suit, which seemed a little too big for him, but instead of a regular tie, he wore a bolo tie with a large turquoise stone at the throat. He'd taken to wearing those in his last few years because of his love for Western films, which he and I had spent many pleasurable hours watching together. I was wearing jeans, a leather jacket, and a belt with a big silver buckle that looked like a holster should dangle from it. We were an odd pair of desperados. I raised the photo closer to my face, willing myself back to that moment that special moment I had never forgotten. He looked very frail, slightly bent, leaning on a cane. But even in that photograph, there is a determination in his posture, and as usual, every strand of hair is perfectly in place. I let myself drift back to that moment, even as I felt a deep melancholy tighten my throat. I had been walking quickly after the game. My head bowed, actively oblivious to everything around, like a guy in a prison break, so I wouldn't get stopped. Once that happens, inevitably, a crowd gathers. 
I always feel like an ungrateful jerk when I'm doing that power walk through crowds. But if I slow down, programs, hats, and jerseys are thrust in my face, and it's at least an hour before I get back to my car and two before I'm home. Sometimes I just want to go home. But suddenly I heard his familiar voice, and it stopped me dead in my escape. Hey, Kareem. I turned with a big grin on my face. Coach, I said. How's it going? I leaned forward to embrace him, but as I did, he took my hand in his and gripped it tightly. His small hand in mine felt like a child's. It's going good, he said. Then he added, almost apologetically, Kareem, would you give me a hand, please? He wasn't holding my hand just for affection. He needed me to help him walk, and he trusted me not to make a big deal of it. Sure, coach, I said, as if we'd done this a hundred times before. We walked off the court.